0: With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson.
1: Hi, it's Rob here with another episode of the Dig Deep The Mining podcast. And today I've got Rick Howes, who is the president and CEO of Dundee Precious Metals. who are a Canadian-based international gold mining company um, who are engaged in the acquisition, exploration and development, mining and processing of precious metals. They own and operate a gold, copper and silver mine in Bulgaria, uh, and they have also have a facility, uh, processing facility in Nambia. The company owns some interesting min- uh, mineral properties in Armenia, Canada and Siberia. So I want to welcome Rick to the podcast. Hi Rick. How are you doing Rob? I'm uh, not too good, thanks um thank you for obviously agreeing to uh to do this podcast i done a little bit of research on you and i couldn't find too much about yourself so um be interested to hear hear um, a little bit about your background what you've uh, what you've been doing um and then we will talk about dundee precious metals so um if you can give us a an overview of how you got into mining obviously going to university and studying mining and what you've done sort of throughout your career
2: Sure. No problem. Yeah, I'm a mining engineer by background, uh, graduated from Queens university in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, uh, back in 1980. Uh, so joined in, into the mining industry and worked, uh, pretty much, uh, the first 30 years, uh, in Canadian mines throughout Canada. Um, in three large companies, uh, first was Cominco now tech. For the first six years uh, in Western Canada and the Arctic as well. And then follow that with uh, joining a company called Falconbridge uh, and spent uh, about 15 years with Falconbridge, uh, in mostly in Sudbury, in their operation, nickel operations in Sudbury, and in their uh, Kid Creek operations up in Timmins. Uh, following that, I joined uh, Vale uh, or Inco it was at that time. Uh, in their nickel operations in Sudbury, and spent eight years between Inco and in the middle of that Valley, purchased Inco uh, and was with uh, Valley for a couple of years. So, six years with Inco, two years at Valley. Uh, and then I went international and joined Dundee Precious Metals and started my uh, work uh, career with Dundee as the uh, uh, general manager of the Chelopetch mine in Bulgaria. Uh, while we were going through an expansion phase, and uh, then moved to chief operating officer in 2011, and uh, became uh, CEO in 2013.
1: Okay, and obviously you're the president and CEO of uh, of the company now. What are you guys looking to uh, looking to do over, the, I suppose, next five or ten years?
2: Well, we're a growing gold producer. Uh, we've been producing uh, from our Celopech mine in Bulgaria, but we now uh, will be adding our second uh, mining operation with our Krumergrad gold project in southern Bulgaria. Uh, it's an open pit gold and silver project uh, just starting up. Uh, we just reached commercial production uh, this, this current month, uh, and uh, we continue to look to grow the business as a primary gold producer. Uh, in that region and in, in other regions throughout throughout the world.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so a growing gold producer, I'll say.
1: Yeah. Why? How? Why did you focus on Bulgaria?
2: Well, initially the company uh, was involved with investment in assets uh, globally, and particular precious metal assets, and and it discovered this this particular situation where a, a mine in eastern Bulgaria. Was uh, going bankrupt, so so there was an opportunity to acquire those assets fairly cheaply, uh, and uh, we turned into a very uh, significant turnaround story. Uh, once we acquired that mine in, in, in Bulgaria. So, so that, that became the base of the company conversion from a closed end investment fund, which it was from about 1983 to 2003. And they became a producing mining company, sold its investment assets and converted to a, uh, uh producing mining company, uh, with the acquisition of the Chelopech mine and the Kermagrad, uh, Uh, development stage project.
1: Okay, and what's it like uh, doing, uh, obviously, mining in Bulgaria and how does that differ, say from some of the other countries that you may have worked in before and and say for instance Canada? What's different about Bulgaria?
2: Well, in many respects, it's, uh, well, it's a typical Eastern European country that's gone through quite a bit of political turmoil once subsequent to the breakup of the Soviet Union, so uh, moving from a, a communist era environment to a uh, uh, democracy. Uh, we, we entered the country in 2003 when that was starting to, I'll say, uh, stabilize uh, a little bit and by the time 2007 rolled around it became a an EU country, uh, the last, uh, countries to join the EU along with Romania. And that also helped to further stabilize the country. So from that point of view, political stability started to come into place. Once the country joined the EU, uh, we then got the benefit of some, uh, you know, pro democracy, pro business, uh, and pro EU status. Uh, to advance our projects and get permits and successfully navigate that environment. Uh, that, that certainly was the, the positive step that allowed us to advance our Kermograd Gold project in southern uh, Bulgaria uh, under that environment.
1: Yeah. And what sort of challenges have you faced in Bulgaria, which obviously you mentioned obviously a lot of political um, issues, or what other issues and challenges have you sort of had to overcome?
2: Well I think the, the, I'll say some positives about the country first is that it's got a very skilled workforce, highly educated uh, and a very attractive jurisdiction from a taxation and royalty uh, basis. Uh, so the government basically took a stance that it wanted foreign investment in the country and lowered the, the tax rates to uh, basically corporate tax rates of 10%. Uh, and certainly that created this environment for attractive investment, uh, which we jumped onto. Uh, so in terms of the difficulties, mainly, uh, probably difficulties you might expect from a country that's going through that kind of change, some of the old regulatory framework, uh, under the Soviet era, you know, had to be modernized with, uh, with the, uh, uh, transition to the EU, uh, so many of the regulatory requirements, uh, went through went through uh, change uh caused some confusion i think early on in those changes which made permitting somewhat difficult uh and some levels of sort of bureaucracy that were uh a little bit of vestiges of the past along with sort of a, a lack of understanding of the new interpretation of the new regulations related to the eu so so it it that was probably the most difficult part, and there was some, uh, you know, distrust of foreign investors early on. Yeah, we went through that uh, phase back in 2003, where we were a new Western company and one of the first Western mining investors in, in the country, and that took a while to build a level of uh, trust and uh, understanding and appreciation, I guess, on both sides to to uh, allow us to. You know be successful in the country,
1: yeah. Um, obviously, you've got other properties in Armenia and Serbia again. How does it differ? What's it like working in those countries, and how's that differ to Bulgaria?
2: Yeah, you know, first off, the Armenian pro- property we had we sold it uh, back in okay. 2016, so we no longer own that. That was uh. Uh, underground uh, polymetallic mine we sold to a uh, well, polymetal who who subsequently has also sold it. But uh, it was that was certainly uh, probably even a more challenging environment uh, politically and uh, socially uh, to operate in. I would say in comparison, Bulgaria was much more I'll say advanced in 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 terms of their uh, progress uh, towards a sort of modern democracy. Uh, whereas Armenia was struggling with that challenge of moving towards democracy. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the reasons we, we departed really, exactly. we left the country. Uh, Serbia, I think, uh, you know, has been a good country from our perspective. We've been exploring in the country since 2004 or five, so for quite a while we've, uh, Made two major discoveries in the country. Uh, the you know again, it's a country that's uh, seeking to be a, a member of e- the EU, so it's striving to make changes that uh, would move it towards more of a Western-style democracy. Uh, but it's had it's had its difficulties as well, and hasn't really been able to succeed to to the EU yet. Uh, and it's tugged, I think, torn a little bit by the. Pressures of, of the Soviet, yeah, the old, the old uh, Russian influences, yeah. and 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 its pull towards uh, wanting to be a, a more Western democracy. So, so it, it's been good, though. I mean, uh, the country I think is open to investment and is uh, uh, pro-business. It's yet to be seen uh, whether or not a mining company can uh, permit in that country. Yet, uh, Western mining company. There are several. Active in the country uh, along with ourselves, so we won't be the necessarily the first to do that. But we uh, we're certainly advancing our projects there in the country uh, uh, with the intent of trying to be a, again an operating mining company in in that country.
1: Yeah, and are you looking at other other properties within Eastern Europe, or are you looking at other countries as well?
2: Yeah I mean we we're certainly uh, regionally very active uh, but primarily though in Bulgaria and Serbia I uh, would say less so in any other countries we're aware of the other uh, activities going on but so far haven't uh, uh, made that commitment to to go beyond uh, Serbia and Bulgaria yet I think some of the countries are struggling a little more with uh, I'll say their uh, views on whether they want mining or support mining from Western investors in their countries. Uh, Romania's had some difficulties. Greece has had difficulties. Uh, You know, so we're we're happy with the the countries we're in right now. And I think those are probably the two best. Uh, And outside of that, we are actively looking beyond uh, Eastern Europe and into other other jurisdictions, uh, particularly the Americas. Uh, Africa and and, and Europe so yeah
1: and are you looking at any particular commodities Um, or do you sort of just concentrate maybe on gold copper maybe silver or are you looking at other commodities in other countries?
2: Yeah, primarily gold. We would take byproducts of other of other metals along with it, but primary focus is on gold uh, as a primary commodity. Uh, and and as I say, we've got copper production from and silver production from our two operations. Uh, uh, but those would be more. You know, byproduct metals as opposed to primary metals.
1: Yeah, I understand. Um, so, what's the long-term, longer-term view of the company?
2: Yeah, I think we're we're headed towards an intermediate gold producer. So, we'll move into another class of producer, multi-multi asset producer. Uh, you know, and I think the biggest thing as a company is has been quite innovative, and we've been driving a, a very uh, innovative strategy to deploy sort of our, our strengths uh, in that way of being a efficient, low cost producer, being able to transform poor performing assets uh, and deliver, you know, uh, business results that are attractive for investors uh, and sustainably do that. In other words, reinvest capital wisely and uh, sustain sustainably perform, outperform our competitors in terms of being low cost producer, generating decent returns for our investors.
1: Yeah, and as a company, have you had a lot of different challenges? Obviously not not necessarily just speaking in each individual country, but as a company, have you um, had a lot of challenges that you've had to overcome?
2: Oh, for sure. We have, uh, you know, navigation in a new country uh, like Bulgaria and, and, and Serbia. You know, you have to uh, take the time to figure out how things work in those countries, understand the cultures and the cultural differences, uh, work to develop community relationships and, and government relationships that uh, give you a chance of being successful. So uh, we've taken our time and our approach has been very much to... Uh, employ our, our skills and in community and social relations uh, and government relations to to ensure our success. Uh, so I think we've earned some credibility within these two governments, uh, our environmentally and socially responsible company. Uh, we reinvest our, our money into the communities to create sustainable uh, opportunities for development in the, in the communities that we operate. Uh, and so those those sort of I'd say those would be the biggest challenges that yeah. probably any company is facing these days but uh, so far we've been uh, quite successful at, at, at that end of it so. Yeah.
1: And what uh, successes have you had as a company?
2: Well, I mean, the most success was really getting the, uh, this uh, open pit gold project on uh, Krumergrad in southern Bulgaria, getting it permitted and, and constructed on budget and on, on schedule, and uh, getting it up and running and ramping up to its full production capability. So that that's happening now. We It took us many years to navigate the, the difficult times in Bulgaria uh, around uh, permitting, we started permitting in 2005. Uh, so we finally got uh, all of our environmental permits uh, by around 2012, it took us another several years to, to get our construction permits, we got those in 2016, uh, we started construction right away and we finished construction in uh, March of uh, this year and we're uh, reaching commercial production in June. We've reached, we've reached commercial production and we're now just heading to full production uh, probably by the third quarter. So that, that journey was probably one of the more challenging yeah. journeys to travel. Uh, but in the end, as I said, uh, patience and, and some uh, consistent sort of uh, building of strong relationships uh, allowed that project to move to that stage. And, and I think that's kind of, as I say, are one of our core strengths that we build on.
1: Yes, certainly. Um, got a few sort of quick fire questions. Um, why do you enjoy mining?
2: Well, I, I like it because of the uh, uh, international nature of the business and the challenges uh, faced by uh, working internationally and in cultures that are quite different. And, uh, you know, the, the community of mining is quite tight. People. People like like the business and I uh, have many characters in the business that are quite interesting. They're usually adventurous people who so, um, yeah. take some risks and uh, who, you know, uh, have to be, uh, I'll say, very uh, open and collaborative in order to be successful. So I like that kind of thing. And I've been traveling a fair bit my career. So worked worked in many different parts uh, of Canada and, yeah. and internationally. Uh, so that's been the fun the fun part, for, for yeah. sure.
1: And yeah. who's been the most influential person on you in mining?
2: Well, I, I think it's been many in my career. If I talked about it, you know, mentors, uh, are people that I looked up to that I thought were great examples of, uh, of the industry and of what, uh, what good uh, corporate citizenship's all about. Uh, certainly the one that stands out would be Mark Cudifani from Anglo American, yep. now the CEO of Anglo American, uh, someone I met early on in my career, not early, but say mid, middle of my career when I was with, uh, Inco, uh, in Sudbury, he was, uh, he was president of the Ontario operations there. Uh, so I worked for him. Uh, he was, he was certainly somebody who, who set a very good example of, of what you know, being a good uh, manager was all about and being a good uh, leader.
1: Okay. Um, and is there anything you still want to achieve, or, or also yourself personally, and also uh, for Dundee Precious Metals as well?
2: Yeah, no, well, I certainly want to uh, continue to build on the success we've had. Uh, I, I do uh, believe that uh, the industry needs to be. Uh, uh, drive towards innovation and a drive towards taking advantage of the rapid technological change that's happening, uh, that's affecting all industries. So uh, we're trying to be pioneers in that regard in the mining industry and probably seen as pioneers by others. Uh, we had over 160 mining companies come visit our operations in Bulgaria uh, over the last year and a half, uh, really looking to see what we've been doing. Uh, in the way of innovation so that's the digital uh, transformation that's going on throughout many industries we're at the forefront of that and uh, experimenting with the possibilities around different uh, ways of doing our business that might drive uh, you know better value more efficiency and safety and productivity uh, throughout so yeah probably the one thing I want to leave as a legacy is, is being a a change leader in that regard in in the industry.
1: Okay, and where do you see the future of mining? Well, certainly
2: mining has to go through kind of change now that, uh, as I say, this opportunity for these exponential technologies, it has to go and be catch up with the rest of the other industries in transforming itself. Uh, to be much more efficient to be uh, I'll say create the environment where the new generation wants to work uh, create the reputational success that they need to have to be seen as a, not a dirty industry or a damaging industry but one that creates positive change and, and positive uh, uh, contribution to society uh, so that's the that's the big change that has to go through and and we're, as I say, trying to be pioneers in that regard.
1: So, And do you think mining has got a bit of an image issue at the moment?
2: I do think so. I think, you know, the, the recent incidents that happened in Brazil with the uh, the tailing spills yeah. sort of knocked back the industry quite a bit in terms of its uh, reputation and perception within the global society. Uh, so, yeah, it has work to do to earn some... Trust uh, uh, back again, uh, and so I think that's 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 a big big part of what has to happen in the next little while.
1: Yeah, um, and lastly, any advice that you'll give any mining professionals in the industry to sort of develop develop themselves better and better themselves in their career? Any advice that you could give? Um,
2: Yeah, I think the the next generation coming in uh, certainly uh, I think should be looking to make change in the industry and not see themselves as as strictly uh, the status quo. Uh, So my advice to anyone who's there is just uh, don't accept that everything has to be the same and that things can change and that you can lead the change if you're be the change yourself so so that's really what i would encourage the next generation to do is to stand up and and challenge the status quo and 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 make change in the industry that helps the industry become uh as they say reputationally much more positive in eyes of people.
1: Okay, well really appreciate your time Rick for agreeing to do this podcast. Um, if the audience wants to contact you, how can they go about doing that?
2: Yeah they can contact me through uh, Dundee Precious Metals, we're a TXS listing company, we have a website uh, which you can look, see Dundee Precious.com uh, so that would be the way to get a hold of me and then there's uh, contact information on that website, that would allow you to get a hold of myself or the investor relations group.
1: Yep. Yeah. And any? Uh, are you on any social media platforms?
2: Uh, yeah, we're on LinkedIn. We're on uh, Twitter. Um, we're yeah i think we're also on facebook uh as well so we have those three three platforms
1: yeah and alternatively you can um contact myself via email if you want to ask uh, rick any questions my email address is rob at mining-international.org um well thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed the podcast and until next
0: time happy mining thanks for listening to dig deep the mining podcast If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining!